Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Thriller Podcast. Today, we're talking backed launch update, Bitmain class action lawsuit, and Ohio gives the green light to paying your taxes with Bitcoin. And then finally, in our main topic, we're discussing, is this the end? That's right. Is this the end of cryptocurrency? Is this the end of Bitcoin? Everybody's wondering. Everybody's talking about it. Well, we discuss through a podcast starting now. Welcome to Thriller with Car Gonzalez, broadcasting from Austin, Texas, via SoundCloud and supported by listeners like you. gentlemen and welcome to another exciting episode of thriller podcast today is november 26 2018 hope you had a great thanksgiving <laughs> so we got a lot to discuss today but before we jump into anything else uh, let's just go into the news first up we got ohio gives a green light to paying taxes with bitcoin so it looks like they are now setting up an official website to allow businesses to pay taxes with bitcoin according to a recent article published by the wall street journal the state of ohio seems to have gotten an acceptance to Bitcoin by allowing businesses, although not individuals, to pay all manner of taxes with the cryptocurrency. This is not the first attempt by U.S. states to allow cryptocurrency to be used in taxation, although it is slightly different and ultimately the most successful so far. So they passed a bill and ultimately the endeavor may come from a simple difference in strategy compared to other states. Ohio is attempting to quietly introduce Bitcoin friendly tax initiatives rather than having a well-publicized effort to push through a general amendment without the political drive to see it all the way through. The key to this new move is a state treasurer, Josh Mandel, who, according to Wall Street Journal, can direct his office to accept Bitcoin without approval from legislator or governor. Because this is a part of his personal prerogative as a state treasurer, these taxes must be filed through OhioCrypto.com. Additionally, it's specifically only businesses that can pay taxes, though this channel is not for individuals. Yeah, pretty cool. Way to go, Ohio. <laughs> right. So our next piece of news is about Bitmain and their class action lawsuit. That's right. So in the past, Bitmain ASIC devices could be configured and initialized in low power mode. But now it seems they are taking this to another level. So at any given time, these devices, these ASIC devices range in price based on the speed with which they can perform calculations. Moreover, because the value of ASIC device is closely related to the ability of generating virtual currency through sheer processing power, Bitmain varies the price of its ASIC devices based on its current trading price of Bitcoin. That's right. So compared to other computer components, ASIC devices consume an enormous amount of energy, like we all know, uh, when operating at full speed. So uh, for example, an Antminer S9, uh, you know, can go upwards, uh, I believe it's like 1375 watts of power, uh, while a standard light bulb is usually only around 60 to 100 watts. Uh, because of these extremely high operating costs, it is necessarily uh, to consider operating costs and local electricity prices in determining the value of any ASIC device. Uh, this is what uh, Dave Vorhick had talked about with SIA. Um, so what's going on here is that approximately two years ago, Bitmain ASIC devices started in low power mode while the customer linked the device to her or his virtual currency account. Uh, well, during this setup process, uh, the devices would fully power up and channel incoming virtual currency to the, or to the owner's virtual currency account. 
While the customer was initiating the setup procedures, ASIC devices were not mining virtual currency for anyone. Uh, they were just consuming large amounts of electricity. There is no default account setting or anything like that. So recently, Bitmain modified this startup procedure for its ASIC devices such that, that when the devices immediately started in full power mode, that's right, uh, before the customer's account is even linked to the device, uh, they stay in that mode until the setup process is complete. Uh, moreover, the default account setting on the Bitmain ASIC device is set to contribute to Bitmain's own account on its own Antpool server. Yeah. So Bitmain ASIC devices cost more to operate during the setup phase and transfer virtual currency to the defendant, Bitmain, rather than the customers. And this is basically what the whole class action lawsuit is about. It's pretty astounding that they got away with this stuff. If you go go back and listen to our coverage of the Texas Bitcoin conference, uh, Dave Vorhek actually goes into in depth as to why um, Bitmain is so bad for this space. Um, and I'm sure he has reasons to believe this. So, and he, he even gives out actual proof, you know, so it's pretty interesting stuff. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, yeah, it's kind of surprising, but not surprising hearing that. And then after going to the Bitcoin conference and then seeing that, and then, yeah, it's just all right around kind of crazy right now. Okay. So our last piece of news is backed. Yeah. So backed. That's right. This is this is what we've all been waiting for all year. We knew backed was coming December 12th. Well, they're not anymore. <laughs> they're pushing it back. They're pushing it back to January 24th, 2019. And uh, they say that they want to collaborate to help develop this asset class, Bitcoin, and they are taking the opportunities in this startup phase to expand their offering. Um, and overall, they said that this is because they're just simply not ready. They want to make sure they have everything right. They want to be able to, you know, ex uh, accept a contract on launch on January 24, 2019. And it's all subject to regulatory approval. And they just weren't ready quite yet. This I think the news came out on Tuesday of last week during Thanksgiving. And um, we had uh this news was circulating around the venture capitalist sphere in the space, right? So I, I feel personally that this kind of info was leaked out early, and I believe that's what started the crash. And then, of course, with anything when it regards to cryptocurrency or any type of, you know, you know, market, you'll see just kind of a domino effect. And this is what I think happened. I know a lot of people want to blame Bitcoin Cash and the whole war with that. I think that contributed to it, of course, because we look like a bunch of crazy people. <laughs> and then people want to uh, also say, it, oh, well, no, it was from a bubble and it's going to crash anyway. But I, I ultimately think it was this. I, I know a lot of people don't see this, but I, I ultimately think it was backed. I think that we were I think a lot of people were holding out for back to release here in December. And when I think when that didn't happen and news started speculating early that it wasn't going to happen, that's when everything just crashed. And that's why we're seeing uh, just just kind of the whole bottom fall out. Right. <laughs> I think we we went to like thirty two hundred today. So it's yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, it's kind of expected, you know, once you see something like because everybody we were talking about it for for months. I was saying, well, December 12th, December 12th. This just goes to show you how much money was being left in there, you know, just on the, you know, just on back, you know, making that, you know, rollout in December 12th. But it's going to get pushed back to January 24th. 
And we have a lot more to discuss, but I, I don't want to get too much into it yet because I want to leave that for Coin Talk. And I feel like everybody has talked enough about this whole crypto winter and, and about this fall and Bitcoin price. And yeah, so we'll discuss all of that. But that's all for news. With that, let's get into our interesting video of the day. Thriller podcast. Interesting crypto video of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, today's interesting video of the day is about putting things in perspective. <laughs> Actually, this whole this whole episode is about putting things in perspective. Uh, I feel like, you know, since we've been we've been gone for a week now, uh, I think we had our Thanksgiving special on Sunday. Yeah, we recorded on Sunday Then we had our, our, our Black Friday sales special. And uh, yeah, so I, I feel like we've been gone for like a week. Um, and I just feel like the sentiment around the industry right now is just you know, woe is me, <laughs> the sky is falling. And I just don't subscribe to that. Um, I want to put everything in perspective. And I want you to listen to this. What does this mean to you, this, uh, this tattoo? Freedom. I'm not part of the system anymore. For me, it just stands for a huge change in my life because of Bitcoin. This is Didi Taihutu. Today, he isn't just inking his forearm with his favorite currency, he's branding himself with the symbol of what he sees as a movement. Last fall, when Didi got the tattoo, we were in the middle of the Bitcoin frenzy. Bitcoin was everywhere, and Didi and many others were convinced that a financial revolution is not just inevitable, but that it was already there. Bitcoin. 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 At the time, Bitcoin seemed unstoppable, hitting new highs almost weekly. A bunch of Bitcoin enthusiasts went all in and tied their fate to Bitcoins. Didi is one of them. One of the most beautiful beaches in Kozamoy. But what happens when a currency you have bet everything on starts to crash? Yeah, we lost more than 500k. Officially, we don't live in the Netherlands. We are registered in Holland as um, homeless people. In the summer of 2017, Didi Taihutu decided to radically change his and his family's life. He wanted to downsize and live a minimalistic lifestyle with few possessions. The vehicle to finance this new life, he decided, would be cryptocurrencies. Taihutu sold almost all of his possessions and invested that money in Bitcoin. I can buy Lamborghinis with crypto, I can buy houses with crypto, I can buy groceries with crypto, I can buy my pizza with crypto. Didi began buying most of his bitcoins when the price was around $1,000 in February last year. He continued to put money in up until that November. Around the same time, bitcoin had skyrocketed to nearly $10,000. But why would someone sell all their possessions, invest everything in bitcoin and move into a trailer park? This promo video for Didi's old company might be a clue. Didi used to run a private institute teaching folks basic software applications. I spent 10 years of my life I spent in this building. <laughs> Do you feel liberated? Yeah, of course. I realized that it wasn't life. So this was my old company. This is the house I used to live in. Do you miss it? No, not at all. Not at no, all. not at Look all. Look at the space. Hi. 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 Yeah. Hi. 
Hi. I'm Tom. Hi. Do you know what Didi did? Yeah, of yeah. course we know what Didi did. Yeah. I think yeah. old Vanlo knows what Didi did. I work at a bank. She works oh. at the bank. <laughs> Are you tempted? No. No? No. Why not? If it's smart. I don't want to take the risk. For him, it was a good choice at the moment. After Didi sold his old house, he wanted to minimalize his family's lifestyle and move them into this small bungalow in a trailer park about 20 miles away. So tell me a little bit about what it's like living here. As you can see, it's beautiful. I'm living in the middle of nature. Yeah, we have everything for the kids around here, so we have a playground. So would you say this has brought you closer together as a family? Yeah, much closer. What's your worth now? <laughs> I don't exactly know, but I believe I will be a millionaire before me. We kept pressing him on how much money he exactly invested and how many bitcoins he bought but he kept evading our questions. He told us he was in it for the long run. So even as the price reached $19,000 when we met him last December, he was still not selling his Bitcoins. I really think crypto money will be the new money. Just make yourself at home. Mi casa es su casa. It's pretty, it's pretty cozy here, it's nice. How are the kids settling into the new regime? They're settling in good, I think. Do you miss the house? I prefer this. It's small, it's cozy, it's easy to clean because we're in the woods. It's peaceful. It's not just Bitcoin, it's just the way of life we want to live right now. Yeah, the whole the whole video is pretty fascinating. It's it's about this guy, like you can tell, he uprooted his family, sold all his assets and turned it into Bitcoin and, and now is is seeing five hundred thousand dollars just gone like that. Um, I put a link in the show notes. You should check it out. It's a good 15, 20 minute video. Um, but my whole thing around that is uh, just to put you in perspective. Yeah, and that's that's a crazy story. I mean, there's there's a tons just like that. He's probably one of the most popular people out there that's that's doing this. So yeah, check it out. It's a cool video. Uh, let's get into coin talk. We got a lot to talk about in coin talk. It's probably gonna be our longest segment today, um, just because I want to get it all out. <laughs> so coin talk starting now. It is time. Only crypto, coins, trades, predictions ahead. It is what you spend all day wondering, isn't it? This crypto dream. Only on Coin Talk. It's time for coin talk, but before we get into that, we got to, uh, we got to, uh, yeah, we got to talk about a couple things. So we had our Thanksgiving episode last week. I want to again thank you to Ken Bozak, to uh, Daniel from Nodelist, uh, Crypto Windy, uh, and uh, Ted. Uh, I want to thank all of them for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things where like when you get everybody together and uh and uh talk about crypto it's one of the funnest things to do i hope you all enjoyed it hope you learned something and i hope to do that more often we're gonna be doing a christmas show as well too um and i hope to you know invite some different people on and we'll see how that conversation goes i think we can all learn something from each other in the space so i want to make sure we do do that more often and i uh, also want to mention a couple more things um so we're having our December 
monthly crypto giveaway. That's still happening. <laughs> I know at this point you're probably like, Car, I don't want any crypto. <laughs> I don't want any of your crypto. That's that's enough. <laughs> you know, no, you know, this is for everybody that's a part of the newsletter. I want you all to have, you know, a special something, you know, for the holiday season. And this is my way of, of you know, giving it to y'all. Um, so it, it probably was going to be a lot until that crashed. So it probably won't be as much, but we're going to be giving away Stellar uh, on December 1st. So if you haven't signed up for, uh, you know, for our newsletter, sign up because you're going to have free Stellar uh, waiting for you. So uh, we'll we'll give some more tidbits. But, yeah, we're going to give away XLM because I think XLM is, in my opinion, <laughs> going to be the next big thing. So, yeah free XLM on December 1st. And I think that's a Saturday. Is that a Saturday? Oh, it is a Saturday. Cool. So yeah, Saturday, this Saturday, free XLM. So probably going to do, I'm probably going to do an insta, insta, insta live on that one. We'll do that live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> and then uh also want to mention, if you haven't gotten your free $25 of Bitcoin, now's probably the best time to do it because you're going to get it in at a really good price, especially if it plans to plans to go up uh, here in January. Um, so yeah, twenty five dollars for Bitcoin. I think that's pretty good. Free twenty five bucks. Use Voyager Exchange. The links in the show notes. Uh, I know quite a lot of you have already signed up, and uh, you're getting free twenty five dollars just for signing up. They're supposed to be launching here at the end of December, so free twenty five dollars worth of Bitcoin is not a bad way to start a new exchange. But uh, same people that are making Uber. So that's pretty cool. Um, And I think that is it. So let's go ahead and roll into our disclaimer because we have a TCR today. That's right. We're we're taking it back old school. That's right. Zapped. That's right. Zapped from our Telegram wants us to do a TCR. Well, Zapped, I I would love nothing better than to do a TCR, uh, you know, during a crypto winter. (laughs) So so let's uh, roll disclaimer remember thriller podcast does not give financial advice he cannot tell the future even if he thinks can he is just some dude trying to save the world one satoshi at a time Yeah, so we're doing a TCR first up in our coin segment. I'm sorry. Uh, thanks, Zamp, for that. <laughs> no, really, I really like it because it, it takes us back to our to our roots. You know, this is this is how we started. You know, we used to do uh, you know TCRs back in the day during the bull run. <laughs> it was it was nice, right? And there's there's nothing better than doing a TCR now in the crypto winter, as they say. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what this brings. So, um, yeah, let me look up this Atlantis Blue Digital Token while you guys listen to this uh, theme music. We have a telegram. Coin request. Coin request. Coin request. We have a telegram. Coin request. Coin request. Coin request. We have a telegram. All right, let's take a look at this. So it's at a penny right now. Um, circulating supply is unknown. 
Total supply is 399 million. ABDT is the abbreviation. Uh, looks like it came out here in August, right out of the gate at a penny. And it's just kind of been hanging around. Hanging around in September during a low of October, still at a penny. And then all of a sudden, on November 9th, it shot up to four cents. Pretty interesting. And then it shot up again to three cents about a week later. And then it's just been kind of driving its price all the way down to a penny. Now, if we look here at its social, we can see that they are 1.5 million in airdrop. Tokens for stone. Stellar network base Atlantis blue digital tokens. Interesting. Okay, so let's look up their website. See what they're all about. AlantisBlue.org. Atlantis Blue digital tokens on the Stellar Network. What are they trying to do? Looks like they're trying to fair trade Laramore. Look for this batch to make sure. Looks like there is a semi-precious gem called Laramore. And this stone is only found in a dead volcano on the Caribbean island of Hapa of Hispaniola alongside Dominican Republic. Um, Lots Blue Project exists in the Stellar Network. Yeah, so they're they're mining real gems and putting them on the Stellar Network. Total of 400,000, 400 million tokens. Each token equals one gram of Laramore. Wow. Um, and then, of course, they're, you know, that's one of the best things about being on the Stellar platform is if you create your token on there, you're pretty much, a, you're, it's like Ethereum, right? So you're able to be accepted to all the wallets just like that. So of course now they're on Lobster, Stellarport, Interstellar. And then um, what's also interesting is too, is now they're on the SDEX. So they're on Stellar X or pretty much any of the Stellar exchanges, decentralized exchanges. So yeah, man, I don't know about this one, Zamped, just because um, it is so new. Um, that me personally, I wouldn't invest in. Um, and they had an ICO. And if you're in the US, I would stay away from this just because you don't want them coming after you. I think one of the biggest things they had going for them was a lot of press early on. Looks like they were on Crypto Invest, Blockonomy, AMB, AMB Crypto. Um, that definitely helped them out a lot. I'm kind of curious to see what happened on the 9th of November. It's probably when the airdrop happened, I would imagine. Yeah. That's one thing about the Stellar. I will say about Stellar X, though. It's definitely one of the the last great. Um, well, I don't want to say great. Let's say it's one of the last places that you can have free trades. And um, I feel like it's such the early days for decentralized exchanges. And I mean this in saying that the SEC hasn't really looked into a lot more other than ether delta that you're gonna be able to get with get away with a lot more stuff <laughs> and that's something that you know i probably shouldn't be telling you but it's true like there's gonna be a lot of stuff that you can do right now on on stellar x and some of these other decentralized exchanges that you're not going to be able to do in say in six to 12 months right just because the sec is going to start cracking down harder and uh, these low fees and probably just you know 
you know, swapping out these tokens just in general here in the US, you're not gonna be able to do at all without any kind of KYC. Um, so I would say that, you know, Atlantis Blue Digital Token has a lot going for it with just that. I know Smartlands, if you listen to our Black Friday special, it was one of the high risk <laughs> tokens that I had put in there. So if it's if it's on if it's on Stellar's platform at this point, I would call it high risk. Maybe Mobius is the only one that actually has a real use case that I've seen. Um, but then again, I haven't looked at too many tokens on, on Stellar's platform yet. But um yeah, I would I would say if you're looking at Atlantis as a serious like you want to put money into it, eh, you know, I would say maybe not. I would say give that time just because over time, you know, that platform will develop. And of course, there'll be more assets and some will make it and some won't. And I think during this infancy stage, yes, it, it could be like Ethereum where you had the, the ICOs there early and then they all kind of just went up. But it, it could also be the opposite here. Because the SEC could crack down on Stellar X at any point, right? Um, who knows? Who knows what they're going to do at this point? I mean, they've been controlling this space for this whole year. I mean, nothing would surprise me at this point if they dropped another like hammer down, right? So, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of uh, it's kind of the sentiment going around in this space right now with when when talking about what you should invest in, what you shouldn't. I still think personally, and this segue is perfect into our coin talk segment. I still think Bitcoin is a solid, safe investment. Um, in my opinion, that's what I put. If you listen to the holiday Black Friday, so I mean, I put that under safe bets um, for Bitcoin. And I still think it's a safe bet. I'm going to continue to think even if it drops below 3000, like everybody's predicting, so be it. <laughs> it is what it is at this point. Everything has gone out. Uh, I think even if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> you're, you're a big believer into where this is going. So you're good there. But I I would say a lot of people, this is, how, this is kind of how it was the last time. Um, like when I got in 2015, um, I, I didn't think the space was that big. There was still so much I needed to learn that I, I just couldn't learn. Um, as time went on, I kind of picked it up. But I, I would say what you will see for sure, it's a lot of people leaving. <laughs> That's not going to be a surprise. Um, you're going to see a lot of crypto YouTubers, a lot of crypto uh, Twitter people, you know, deactivating their accounts or at least putting them on hibernation mode or whatever. Like that's going to happen. Uh, you're going to see a lot of people leaving and the space is going to be is going to have new faces here next year. Like you're not you're not going to you're not going to be able to tell from what's what. But um, through a podcast, will still be here. So you don't have to worry about that. You know, this is one of the main reasons why, you know, you know, I never left my job. <laughs> like I always had a job. You know, this is why I, I do like double, double work pretty much. Uh, do my regular job during the day and then come home, record this at night. And um, yeah, just because you never know. And this is this is very much something that I believe in. And I feel like over time, this technology will kind of engulf everything that we you know that we touch it'll permeate all, all across everything so dlt is here to stay for sure um yeah and you know this kind of gets us into our main topic and i kind of want to i want to i want to let's just roll into the main topic because our main topic is is mainly is mainly about uh, is this the end right uh, a lot of people are left wondering like is this the end of bitcoin is this the end of cryptocurrency no it's not. It's it's not. It's not even close. And I say not even close because I want to make sure that you understand what that means. So with that, 
let's get into our main topic, starting now. Once upon a time, I was of the mind to lay your burden down and leave you where you stood. You believed I could, you'd seen it done before.
Is this the end? Was it all a dream? Were they all right? Did they predict this? What are we doing at this point? Do you still believe in hodling? Do you hate that term now? Did you think this was going to be easy? Changing a global financial system? Did you think they were going to roll over and die? What did you expect? We live in a world where banking was a great liberator after the 15th century, an invention that moved finance from the realm of kings to the realm of everyday people. And that system liberated billions of people. And then it got concentrated, and it acquired power, and the power led to corruption. And what we're left with today is not a liberating system, and it's time to disrupt it. And Bitcoin is one of the things that will greatly disrupt centralization of power. Why is that? One of the things that interests me as a computer scientist working in distributed systems is the architecture of systems. Architecture is a great topic for this city. And the architecture of systems is what ultimately produces the outcomes. I've worked with a lot of bankers. They're nice people. They try to feed their family, pay their mortgage, keep a steady job. Among them, there are a few sociopaths who inevitably rise to the highest positions of power, because sociopathy is an advantage in hierarchical systems. But most of the problems with traditional concentration of power and money has nothing to do with the people being evil. It has to do with the fact that these institutions, through their shape, through their architecture, produce outcomes that are not good. They produce outcomes that are not egalitarian. They produce outcomes that are restrictive. They start to express nativism nationalism, tribalism, class structure. And all of these things make the world a smaller place. In fact, over the last 15 years, we've seen the internet become an enormous power for the decentralization of communications, and it has been a very liberating force. But if you look at economic inclusion and how banking works, we haven't expanded opportunity, we haven't expanded access. In fact, we're now regressing. Economic inclusion is reducing. And the reason it's reducing is because these isolated structures of finance, their very architecture raises walls. National borders, class structures, and differences in how your money and your commerce is treated. We live in a world that is increasingly global and interconnected. 
there's even an emergent global culture through the internet, and yet our financial systems are parochial, insular, and they're separated. If you look at it from a network perspective, there are systems of money for transmitting small amounts, and systems of money for transmitting large amounts. Systems of money for consumer payments, systems of money for business-to-business -business payments, and all of these are separated geographically based on borders, legal jurisdictions, nation-states. And so what this structure produces is separation. It means that as people, we are less and less free to transact with the rest of the world. Geopolitics is affecting finance in a great way, because the combination of state and money produces toxic results. And we're about to disrupt all that. What Bitcoin's architecture gives us is a new way of organizing the world. Exactly the same way that the internet flattened access to communication, made every system that connects to it an equal peer. If I have an IP address, my packets are treated no differently than the packets of anybody else on the network. For the most part, that gives voice to everyone. It gives everyone the power of the printing press on a global scale. And Bitcoin will do the same by giving everyone the power of banking on a global scale. Think of it like desktop banking. The way desktop printing, desktop publishing, and websites changed communications, desktop banking, individually controlled banking, with all of the power of the largest bank in the world, that's what creates disruption. Imagine a world where every person has the ability to not only execute transactions, but create complex financial systems and instruments without asking for anybody's permission. Simply by connecting to the network, they can start a new application. Centralized systems can't do that. In a centralized system, the further out you are, the less control you have. And the further in you go into the system and up the hierarchy, the more controlled, the more limited the access is. But not with Bitcoin. With systems like Bitcoin, every node on the network has equal access to all of the financial services. In a centralized system, if you want to build a new application, two things have to happen. First, you have to ask for permission. And then permission is only granted if that application can apply to very large populations and be profitable. On the internet or on Bitcoin, all that is needed to start an application is two nodes, two people, two systems. They can start communicating, construct their own protocols, their own systems, and that application with only two people using it is just as valid as every other application on the network. When you look at the internet, the fundamental misunderstanding is that people think that the power of the internet comes 
from the ability to transmit information fast. But the real power of the internet comes from net neutrality. And net neutrality is the concept that the internet does not discriminate based on source, destination, or content. Bitcoin is the first financial network that exhibits neutrality. When you do a Bitcoin transaction, the network doesn't care about the source, the destination, the amount, or what type of financial application it's supporting. Simply, did you pay sufficient fee to use the network resources? And if you did, your application is valuable. Prices not here nor there. Does it matter in the long run? Absolutely. Does it matter in the short term? I don't think so. We have back CEO going to consensus invest tomorrow with an announcement. We don't know what they're going to say. We don't know if that's going to drive the price up. Does it matter? Not really. Are they going to release January 24th, 2019? Yes. Does that matter? Not really. If you look at Bitcoin as a store value or means to transact monetary funds across a global hemisphere, well, then you're starting to understand it a little bit better. But I think the true value of Bitcoin is in the promise that you will always have a means to transact on a permissionless blockchain. I, for one, cannot wait to see how this whole system runs in the future of finance. With Bitcoin and blockchain and DLT technologies, it's a pivotal moment in the history of computing and of this world. And it will change how we build systems in the future. I truly believe that. With that, let's get on to the end of the show. Take me back to the start
You know, I had a couple messages this weekend. People were asking, hey, Carl, what do we do? Well, what do I do? What do I do? Do I sell? Do I keep? And I'm like, you know, I, I can't tell you that. You got you to gotta do what you think is best for you and yourself and your family, right? I know me personally, I'm not doing anything. Because when something like that happens drastically, it's the exact same thing when something rises that drastically. <laughs> so usually in those times, I just kind of wait it out and see what it looks like after about, you know, a few days, and it'll be back to normal. That's why I say my Bitcoin. Say world. This is the end of the Start the name with crypto and not call.